theoretically possible. Why waste time? But it doesn't make any sense. Discovery Houston press to ATO. Three, two, one. Yo, yo, what up, what up, what up? Hello, Quinn, how are you feeling today? Doing great, my love, and yourself? I'm doing good. I'm uh, I'm, I'm ready to have this chitty chatty. I've been thinking about it a lot. I've read a book recently that kind of inspired this idea that I'm about to propose to you. Okay, I'm excited to hear about it. So the book that I was reading was about a business that successfully went through the Y Combinator program. And once they were done with their program, they were able to acquire quite a large sum of investment money. And with that money, they invested, well, depends on how you view it, but they rented out an office space in downtown San Francisco, like right in the heart of the city. And at first, they got a cheap location, very small, non-impressive at all, but then they felt a need after discussing with other investors that it was important for them to look as though they were the real deal. So they ended up spending a significant amount of their investment on upgrading their office to get, you know, top tier floor, get all nice furniture so that people were astonished upon entering. Mm. And it made me start to question, is it important or necessary for someone to look successful to be successful? Ooh, what a great question. Yeah, hmm. I think, and especially, you know, in terms of entrepreneurship, I think this is a very interesting question too, because it kind of reminds me of that phrase, fake it till you make it, mm-hmm. um, and in a weird way. But obviously this company that you're, you know, you read about, just to kind of clarify why Combinator is a program that's like an accelerator. It's like an entrepreneur, you, you basically apply to be a part of the program. Yep. And it's probably the most successful, at least in the United States of America, if not the world, uh, in terms of the companies that have come out of that program. And so it's not just like an incubator. It's definitely like an accelerator. So, you know, you have to actually get accepted in there. So your idea has to be good. And then, you know, it does accelerate you onto the next level. And hopefully you get funding if that's what you're looking for, X, Mm -hmm. Y, and Z. So really... Some of the companies that came out of there include like Dropbox and Airbnb. So Y Combinator gets to keep a small percent it's, I believe it's less than 10, like I want to say 8%, but don't hold me accountable to that yeah. because I'm sure it changes depending on the situation, Probably. but they get to keep a significant portion of equity in the company. So the Y Combinator itself is very successful. I mean, think about 8% of a billion. Yeah. But and I, I, I've always been so curious to know what it would be like to actually go inside Y Combinator. Like, what does that look like? And mm-hmm. that probably, you know, actually could pertain to your, your question as well. But in terms of the, you know, the example at hand that you brought up, you know, basically being downtown San Francisco, having a really nice fancy office. I mean, that's a lot of money going towards overhead, a right? Yeah. I mean, that's not really, you're not, you're basically banking on the fact that maybe because people are very impressed Mm-hmm. That they, when they walk in, that they're going to say, oh, well, this is a very successful company. Let me invest. And so, but the, the truth is, is there's, it's really difficult to measure that causation, like that, mm-hmm. even that correlation, yeah, you know, yeah, like it would sure. probably be a stretch to really say this definitely was a worthy investment. You yeah. Know? It, and it's also spending a lot of money in a time when resources are still limited. Right. I understand that they're getting a large, they, they had a large amount of investors involved at that point, but at the same time, it's 
money is such a delicate resource when you're in the growing phase and there's still no question in the growing phase during that time where they were trying to show everyone that now they need to be taken seriously. Yeah. Well, and to me, in a weird way, you know, and maybe this is this is speaking of the times right now, right? Because mm-hmm. we, I mean, businesses are leaving their offices. They're leaving their campuses. Employees aren't coming back to the office in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. So we're in a very different time. I'm assuming, I don't know when this example was, but I'm definitely assuming it was pre-pandemic. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so, you know, in a pre-pandemic world, it does, so, like, reflecting on that statement now like you just like yeah the best thing that you could do when you're in the moment of trying to scale up Mm. as a business Mm -hmm. like this is your moment to shine you're not in an accelerator anymore like you got to go and you got to grow big right in that moment it seems very like old-fashioned or just like not really the right mentality to say well let's make sure we get a really expensive nice fancy building Mm. because to me now it's like who cares i don't care about what your building looks like okay even salesforce i mean the salesforce and they they help build that huge big new building in downtown san francisco and most of the people don't even work there anymore at salesforce Mm. so i think times are changing now so maybe that's like probably one of the lenses that i'm seeing this through as well when i'm answering the question but I think in terms of what you would spend your capital on when you're at that moment of here we go, hit the pedal to the metal. I've got, I've done everything right up until this point. Now we just got to go. The last thing I'd be caring about is the nice fancy office space. Now I understand that it could probably help recruit employees. Maybe Mm -hmm. I don't know Mm -hmm. if that's their thing, but if I'm not really looking to hire someone who is really wowed and and like blown away by the fancy office, because that goes away after about a month of working in there. You don't really care after a while, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So to me, it's about long-term investment of like, why are we actually putting our money here? Right. So that, but that's my own perspective. I think that maybe it comes from also you're in my background of knowing that, you know, bootstrapping is, you know, at, at varying levels, mm. always kind of a good way to, to, to run a business, a yeah. profitable business. I don't know. It's, it's also difficult because in all honesty, I haven't had tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars of investment going towards my business idea and having to spend that. I mean, you've got to spend it in some way or another, but is that the best way to be spending it? I mean, maybe if you look at the total amount of money that you got in and you look at the percentage that you're giving towards your office space. And if it is pretty freaking low right. relative, then maybe it is worth it. But yeah, it, relatively speaking. Yeah. That's, a, that's a really good point. I, it, it could be relative, right? I mean, if you've gotten a crazy amount of money that has, has obvious, like, I think that the word that we're, we're kind of getting at is why, like mm. the motive. And I think that the word is legitimizing, right? Mm-hmm. You're trying to legitimize yeah. your own business because you're a startup. There are a lot of different ways that you can signal to people that, Hey, I'm not just, this isn't just an idea. Yeah, It's not a fraud. It's not a flash in the pan. Like this is actually a real deal. I'm legitimate. Yeah. Watch out. I'm kind with of the big thing. boys now. Exactly. So in that case, it's very much kind of like, I don't know, kind of peacocking in a way to say like, Hey, signaling like, Hey, we're coming for you big guys like we're we're legit we're the new young people here right Mm -hmm. or whatever it is and you know that's okay i I guess that's part of the game but in terms of if you really didn't have that money right if like relatively speaking it put you out by a lot yeah to be able to get that space i would say maybe consider something else yeah there's other ways to legitimize yourself too right and i do think that actions speak louder than i don't know an office space yeah but there's a lot that could be broken down. I do want to keep focused on the office space uh, 
idea of looking successful because maybe this also has to go with the system and the way that the system's been set up in America specifically. So in the book itself uh, that I was reading, it talks about the J.P. Morgan uh, Chase Tower and how on the 49th floor they have their like main office place that's designed to like really impress people. And in that office, they actually have in a glass case the pistols used by Vice President Aaron Burr to kill the country's first treasury secretary, Alexander Hamilton. And so like there is this whole idea of you're entering an office space and you're kind of setting a tone for how you want that meeting to go. And I understand that to a certain degree. I mean, J.P. Morgan, they got plenty of money to do that. And there's definitely a very, almost like a clear cut message. I don't, I don't want to say like competition, but definitely like, Hey, we're fighters here. And like, we take it to the highest level. Like, I mean, that's such an incredible piece, especially at this time after the story of Hamilton came out. Yeah. And it's, it's signaling a lot to those guests who are entering or those potential business partners. How much is it necessary for smaller companies to do some whatever they can to demonstrate the same thing versus a larger company that in all honesty, I think JP Morgan has like unlimited capital, well, not unlimited, but they can really throw down to establish it. And I guess it depends on the industry too. Yeah. You know, if, if we're looking at like auction houses, you definitely want to look a certain way if you're trying to sign clients to, you know, sell their art through your auction house. But if you're, I don't know, if you're doing something maybe more uh, focused on maybe like needs like a restaurant or I don't know, I'm trying to figure out like when is it necessary and when isn't it necessary? Yeah, that's a good question. I Yeah, in terms of JP Morgan Chase and those guys, I mean, I understand that the need to like have, a, you know, it, it is... It's about branding at the end of the day mm-hmm. in a weird way. You know, what 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 can you actually do for me? And if you're in that room where the gun is at with JP Morgan Chase on that floor, yeah. you're probably there. They want to close a deal with you. Like that's right. something like, okay, we are trying to honor you and trying to show you that the, we really mean business, mm-hmm. right? So this is, you know, in a way, humans are not immune to that. You know, mm-hmm. I think that a lot of times people are not. Now, when it comes to smaller businesses i mean you just want to be on brand but i think that like, at the end of the day if you are not authentic if there's if you're kind of just selling like smoke and mirrors or snake oil mm-hmm. like you can you could definitely get away with you know showing off for a while but yeah. then it kind of becomes you, you there's got to be something real behind it well, so i'm wondering if when you see the gun or when you see the amazing office space does that make you in a more vulnerable position than the person who's hosting you? You know, like you're in now a little bit of awe. And so it puts you in a position where maybe they can uh, take more more force in action within the meeting to get what they want. Yeah. Versus maybe now you're like, you know what? If we make this deal, we're partnering with JP Morgan. Look at this. This is like the real deal, guys. Uh it's worth it for us to take a smaller amount to be partnered with these huge, uh, almost institutional size corporation, you know? Yeah. I definitely think that in a way those kind of moves, I mean, we're all human, right? So depending on what type of a human you are and why you're there, 
I mean, if you are uh, someone who is easily impressed, mm-hmm. then yeah, that's going to work really well. And they probably already know that if you're yeah. one that is like already around that all the time and not very easily impressed, then okay, you met my standard and mm-hmm. let's go. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think that what's interesting about the whole dynamic is this is, this is definitely one of those human social skills that is really difficult to teach. It's one of those things where it's like, you have to read about it. You have to be experiencing it. And at the end of the day, when you're the entrepreneur yourself, hmm. um, for example, like that's the example that we started off with and you're going into an office or someone like is coming into yours to, to do some sort of a deal or partnership or yeah. investment or something like that. Um, you know, I, I think that there are little ways that humans try to gain power or an advantage in their own way. Mm-hmm. And if, I mean, it's tough out there. It's competitive. Yeah. Startups, the, the failure rate is super high. We mm-hmm. know this, you right. know? And, and I think that the thing is you can't rely only on those things, on those, you know, kind of superficial materialistic, like it's kind of one of those in the moment, all right, we've got to make sure everything's good. Like we got the coffee, we got this, you know, you mm-hmm. want to impress, you want to go above and beyond so right. that they feel comfortable doing whatever they're doing there with you yeah, and that you do feel like you're at the same table or if not, then you have like a little edge. Yeah. But I, you know, when it comes to where your money goes at the very beginning of your company, Mm. I think that's something that obviously is super important. Those things, legitimizing yourself, even as an individual, Right? Yeah, I want to bring it to that level. Yeah, I would yeah. say that we can even bring it back to, or we can bring it down to an individual human level. I mean, like when you go into a meeting and you know it's a very professional meeting and you've got hoodies and you know, a hoodie and jeans on. Right. Well, you've, uh, you definitely look a little bit out of place if everyone's in a suit and tie or in a collared shirt. Yeah. So you want to. So what's be- your position on that? Because when you said a hoodie, honestly, my, my head went straight to Mark Zuckerberg going into these investment groups and he's just in his slip on sandals and his hoodie and they looked at the numbers and the numbers didn't lie. And so they still invested regardless of him wearing a hoodie or not. But if the numbers were a little bit iffy, it would make a big, it would it make a big difference. Would it make any difference for him to be wearing a suit? I definitely think it would make a difference. Yeah. But how much of a difference? I mean, I think that what we're saying is, the numbers themselves, the actions themselves and that are measured by the numbers, those are priority over everything. Yeah. But the looking successful, you know, looking as though you're fitting in into that group, that does contribute, but not as much as the numbers. Yes. The question is how much does it contribute? Yeah. And I think it does contribute some, but to me, and this is just my, the way I see it is if someone is over the top, like, is really turning on the, hey, you should be really impressed by what, mm, this environment. The curvilinear point. I get like, okay, just tell me the numbers. And I want to know that. And I'm going to try to push all of this stuff that's trying to be, impress me out. Because honestly, there, there, it does become a curvilinear point, right? Where, yeah. where it's like, what are you trying to hide here? I mean, mm. you're trying. are you trying to like... Just give mask, it to me straight. Perhaps. Yeah, there might be a little bit of a mask. So you want to be careful of that, obviously. But mm-hmm. I think in terms of an in, the individual with Mark Zuckerberg, he was really trying to stand out. You know, yeah. I mean, and, and he did. Was he trying to stand out or was he not just, trying to stand out? I think out? he was just trying to be different and he knew that he had a gold mine. That's he interesting. Knew it. He, I think he, I think absolutely he wasn't knew it. trying to stand out and uh, yeah, he just didn't care. <laughs> 
Uh, maybe. That's probably how I think they portrayed it in the movie. But I think yeah. that in a way he did almost like a reverse effect, you know, where I'm going to try to dress as down as possible so that they remember me. Like, I'm, like he went in, into a meeting with like a bathrobe on. You're like, okay, what is that? Yeah, is like that the absolute crazy. In the movie, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so I don't know how much of that is true or not, but I think... He was probably just being himself. This is who I am. Do you want to invest or do you not want to invest? And if you look at the numbers, there's really nothing that I need to impress you with other than just the numbers. This is like, this is taking off. You're either in or you're out. Boom. You Mm -hmm. know your stuff. And to me, I don't think that requires a fancy office space. But obviously, once he started to get investment and it started to grow, they also did get, you know, bigger office space they needed to expand the team they made it really hip and cool but it was really nice and it was in a good location and Mm -hmm. so obviously that becomes a part of the scaling when you want to recruit people you want to recruit more investment and all that stuff Mm -hmm. and i'm assuming that's a huge part of going public as well at some point where that whole process is is really big but from an individual standpoint you know I think that for the for the most part, if you're not coming in with like the most killer idea like Facebook, then mm. you sh- yeah, I mean in a way at least dress to the standard so you don't feel completely left out. Yeah. So what do you mean by the standard? Are you evaluating the standard based on what those that you're going to meet with is, you know, what their standard is? Like are you trying to match what their attire is and what their look is because they may be very very successful. They may be coming in with big Rolex watches. Yeah. You ain't going in with Rolex. Oh, I wouldn't I wouldn't say fake it, you know? Like to me, I wouldn't fake it. I would mm. I wouldn't even try. I would go in with my Timex watch and I don't care. Like at least I'm dressed professionally. You yeah. can't say what's your what's the brand that you're wearing. Like who cares? Like right. at that point, no, it's just like, yeah, you actually you prepared enough and you respect the group enough or whatever you're doing enough to actually take it seriously. Right. Right. Especially if you're trying to get a job or if you're trying to pitch to someone, right. If you're, if you're pitching to, you know, a show like Shark Tank, for example, right, you know, it, yeah. it's very dependent on what you're pitching. I mean, if you're a mom with kids, that's a different outfit, right? Mm-hmm. If you're trying to pitch like a really high security, digital cybersecurity program, that's going to be different. And then if you're pitching like a paddleboard surf company, that's going to be a different outfit. So you kind of have yeah. to, you know, in terms of where, what you're doing when you're um, walking into the room, whether that's business or pitching or whatever it is. What do you think about when it comes to like relationship advice? Do you think that you should look successful when you're going on like your first date in order to successfully romanticize the other party? Well, I think it's like what we always say, it's all curvilinear. I wouldn't say don't <laughs> don't like try to like if you never wear this, like, I don't know, if you never wear a suit ever, mm. you, you never have and you, you have to go buy one. Well, why? Maybe you can you maybe you can go, go down a little bit. Yeah. But I think in terms of relationship, it's just showing that you you care. Mm. But I don't think that you have to go too crazy with okay. it either. I think so is it the exact two- same for when you're doing like a business pitch versus going on your first date? Mm, I don't know. I think that there is something when it comes to like a more personal relationship where you're trying too hard mm. and that comes off as inauthentic. Yeah. Um, when it comes to business and whatnot, I always say it's better to be overdressed than underdressed, but that's mm-hmm. not saying I'm, you know, wearing a, a, a gown. Yeah. <laughs> so you wouldn't say the same thing for a first date? No, I would say, you know, just dress, dress the way that you feel most comfortable about yourself. Well, what if that's sweatpants? Well, Obviously, if you're going out to a restaurant, you're not going to wear sweatpants, hopefully. Well, it depends on the person. So it is different, but there is 
there is a little bit of uh, similarities between the two. We can agree on yeah. that. Yeah. Well, you only get to make a first impression once. Yeah. So, so the first impression once holds true for all three layers probably. from dating to making a pitch to showing an office place. Yeah. Showing the office place, though, to me is, uh, I, I think, I feel like the, the good, the business model, the numbers have to be good before that happens. Mm-hmm. I would say you don't want to get the fancy office space in the hope that maybe down the line the numbers and the business will grow. I would say mm. only get the fancy office if you're at the point where, yeah, I can do this. Mm-hmm. And it's because it's growing, this is a great idea. And there's, it's, it's obviously there's no crystal ball, but you know that relative to the amount of money that you have, this is no big deal. And the curvilinear point for all three, you would say, is if you're faking it to look like you've made it, no, 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 do not do that. You're doing too much. Yeah, don't be unauthentic. Don't, okay. don't be dishonest. I mean, I, I, I get you know, wanting to make things look nicer than they maybe usually are, mm-hmm. you know, cleaning up the office, everyone make sure your desk is clean, you know, right. like that's fine. But mm-hmm. it's, it's a totally different thing if you're, I don't know, you're completely lying. Okay. But now I have a tough one. So what if you actually did successfully, you know, like, let's say you like sold a company or like you had a killer year. So you chose, you have now in your possession a very fancy watch or a very fancy car and you're still trying to make that first impression or you're still going into a meeting and you're trying to be uh take a solid position on it to increase your likelihood of achieving your goal whether that's partnership or you know selling your company or whatever should you put in the extra effort of showing your success should you put on that very very fancy watch should you pull up in that super fancy car or do you think just be your normal self when you're going yeah. into the meeting attempting to uh, attain some other level of success? I think just be yourself. To me, I, I'm so sorry. Like, like, like it's normal. Well, like yeah. Like a normal I'm, day. I, to me, I think like if you roll up in the Lamborghini and you are wearing this fancy Rolex watch and you're saying, okay, I'm ready to sell this company or I'm ready to get investment. I mean, people... I think that a lot of people are smarter than we give them credit for actually. Mm -hmm. And you could see right through that. I mean, never forget the fact that, you know, if you're investing into someone, you don't necessarily want them to be spending that all that money on themselves in like weird ways Mm -hmm. like that. And so I think just going into it and just being yourself is the number one way that you can do Hmm. anything, especially in that scenario where you're going in if you really want to do a business deal with someone, they have to trust you. Yeah, yeah. And if you're completely just trying to be someone that you're not, mm. regardless, it's going to catch up to you at some point. Hmm. And you don't want to make it people. Why would you want to make a deal with someone, you know, who, who just, I don't know, is just showing off but to me. Yeah. If, if it's too much, it gets to that point where it's like, what are you hiding? What, yeah. like maybe, maybe I should take a step back and really look at these numbers before I say yes. Yeah, you but know? Is that the normal thing for humans though? You know, for example, I think still the American dream, if you go up to a hundred people, you're going to get a significant amount of people saying, oh, well, you got to own your own house and it better be a big one. You know, like that's yeah. almost embedded within our mindset. And if you ask, honestly, if you ask a lot of people around the world, what is success? I do think that it will somewhere in there get to the heart of having some form of possessions, things that you have ownership of. Do we disagree that you need to have those possessions in order to be successful? I mean, cause like you gotta look successful to be successful. Doesn't that make you look successful? Oh, here's my house, here's my cars, here's my this and that. 
to me, that's not necessary to be successful. I at agree. All. And that's very different from kind of the previous conversation we, that we had when you're trying to achieve something specific. But what is success, I guess? And so if you don't look successful, then you weren't successful. You know, yeah. and I think sometimes that's a flaw with humans. Are, are we weird for thinking this or is this something that maybe is more accepted than we give credit to. Yeah, I think that it is more accepted than we we believe. To me, I think that it comes down a lot of times to, um, does someone value conspicuous consumption or Mm. inconspicuous? Are they more comfortable being inconspicuous? And to be honest, you know what? If someone's got like a ton of money and they're comfortable with themselves and they know whatever, they're usually not very concerned with being that conspicuous and like showing Hmm. off and signaling now at the same time everyone's different okay everyone is different but i feel like there's also the element in the united states at least that that these things can be like a house of cards right you you realize you can over leverage debt Mm -hmm. you can all of a sudden look like you have this big fancy house you can have like three different cars but they all might be on lease and you're over you're over leveraged in debt and so you look really wealthy and and whatnot but by the standards of your income debt ratio it's not looking that great right you're talking about my favorite book right now the secret millionaire yeah exactly and next door i think there are more of those out there and maybe that's i mean that's definitely something you and i connect with so much more do you think there's more out there than we give credit for well, I mean, you don't hear about them, and that's the reason why. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> you know, you don't know about them. Um, I think that, you know, t- everyone has their own value system in terms of how they place their, um, you know, priorities and materialism. Yeah. And to us, I think that it's actually really respectable if you're talking to someone you had no idea mm-hmm. about who they were or what they have or what they own or anything like that. It's one of the things that I love about Warren Buffett so much. Yeah. Um, he's really one of those individuals old school thinking and it's it's similar to like my grandparents too where it's like you know what yeah i might have a lot of money i know what i'm doing with it but i don't really need to like show off for anyone because mm. i'm comfortable with who i am he's and, gonna go eat his mcdonald's yeah i mean he's going to eat his, his mcdonald's he's gonna go be in his house <laughs> that he's been living in for a really long time yeah and to me i you know, you and I always see money. We talk about how money is a tool to us. Mm-hmm. And so if money is a tool, like how are you really utilizing that tool? And what is the greatest use of that tool? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it is a matter of making sure you look nice and crisp and, and ready to, to pitch or, yeah. you know, handle well, that meeting. Warren Buffett is always in a suit and tie. Yeah, he is. And, yeah. and then other times... It really has nothing to do with that. But I think that yeah, if he's not driving a Lamborghini to work, he's definitely not. Right. Yeah. And so I think that those who prioritize showing off more, mm-hmm. um, maybe they maybe they will have a very successful life and whatnot. But I think that it also shows the type of people who you want, who you feel comfortable actually being around and investing in. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's like, who are you as a person? Is this idea really good or not? Mm-hmm. I don't really care if you've got like a bunch of cars and your idea is crap. Hmm. what am I going to do with that? You know, like it's, it's to me, it's, it is very much about authenticity. And when you're coming prepared for a meeting, part of that is dressing up to the dressing up is, it seems like that's something where you do need to dress up to a certain degree to, to be successful. You got to dress up to a certain degree, to a certain degree, but the office place, it doesn't like, it doesn't matter if you have a nice office place as if the idea is kicking butt. 
So yeah. that one, that one doesn't matter. I agree. And I think that there are other companies that I can even just think of off the top of my head from different industries that are making huge statements like buying uh, an actual sports stadium or sponsoring the whole thing. And mm. you're like, whoa, where did that come from? Like yeah. this, these, these stadium sports stadiums have always been sponsored by older companies like American Airlines mm-hmm. or you Staples. Know, Staples Center, right? Mm-hmm. And, and then all of a sudden out of nowhere, this brand new company comes in and it's like, why did you... Why did you spend that money on it? Well, yeah. A, you probably have it, maybe. Maybe. B, See, here yeah. we go. We're getting interesting. <laughs> maybe. And then B, though, and probably, yeah, most importantly, is why are you doing it? Yeah, how effective is naming a stadium in marketing? Well, that could be a whole other story. It, if you're the first company in a brand new industry to do it, it might, it might be saying a lot. It makes a statement, for it sure. It makes a statement, and um, yeah. There's nothing wrong with making a statement, but remember that, you know, when you're marketing, those things become... It's all about the ROI. It is. But sometimes you can't really measure what that ROI is immediately. Maybe it comes later. Yeah, it comes down the road. So So dress the part. Don't go in debt trying to look the part when you're not the part. And uh, follow your heart. That's jump on (laughs) debt. Be the real deal. Have a great idea. And I think the rest will follow. And work hard. And work hard. Well, I enjoyed that conversation. We look forward to speaking with you all tomorrow. We'll talk to you then. Bye.